What do you think of that? Is that funky enough for you? Is it? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> you like that? I, I thought you liked that. It was funky. Yeah. <laughs> it's funky. Folks, Justin never told me he was doing this tonight. <laughs> so he says, don't you hear it before we go? I said, no. There go. Let surprise me. It's like something you would play on the Monday radio show. It is. It is. It is. I'm on the radio on Monday, actually. It's, uh, it's. I'm not looking forward to it because it's going to be very, 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 very warm indeed. Uh, so I'm off you... on Monday, so I'll be lying in the sun. I'll be like, oh, I must show you this. I'll be lying in the sun because I've got a new reading material. What have you got? Ta-da! Jim McEwen's. Oh, oh Jim McEwen's yeah. Biography. Oh, I seen he was. Right. I seen he was. He was round some distillery helping them out. I thought he was supposed to be retired. Yeah, oh, he's, he's retired from public life. But, uh, yeah, I got this the other day. So it's a limited edition, first edition. So it is. So uh, I have this to read on Monday, Justin. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay, okay. So uh, how long will it take you to read a book that length? Um, in the good old days, I could probably have done it in two or three days. These days, with the internet and all the other wow. things that, that jump in, uh, might take me a bit longer. To be fair, but no, I'll run through it because it's some something I'm interested in, so it could go through very quick. No, that would take me an awful long time to do to do that. Uh, uh, that would take me a year to read a book like that. Is there loads of pictures in it actually? <laughs> you get a coloring in book and all that. It just you could go through. I don't. Like, I never like coloring in books, but I always read in the Kindle because I don't like the fustiness, dustiness of books. You know, uh, but no. there you go. It's just just my preference. So just welcome along to the show. To, I know. I know. Welcome along to the show tonight, folks. If you're watching, always comment, like, and share. Say hello. Uh, spread the word. Uh, James Moira Doherty's first in tonight. I think uh, Mark Kerr must be away in his, his, his MTV Irish Whiskey Review. <laughs> Mark, Mark must be out in a camper van. I've seen, uh, yeah. he, he, I've seen pictures of his camper van. So enjoy, Mark, wherever you are. Don't forget William about William McLaren's always probably out in his camper van, too. He was at Hench. He sent me a picture, actually. But there you go. Yeah. Uh, we'll be getting a camper van next knot. <laughs> the mystery uh, machine up the side of it. <laughs> the mystery machine, yeah. Uh, Patrick Maltley saying good evening. Uh, Sean McClanahan saying good evening. Uh, Francis Levy, good evening to you, is, is saying hello. Uh, Julie Mason, evening all to you uh, as well. Uh, evening, Julie. Uh, Linda Cox has also been in touch tonight. Uh, John Dunn is saying the jumper is back because he noticed you didn't have the jumper on the other week. You hey, forgot about it. No, 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 no. I had the Cologne t-shirt on. We had the Cologne. It didn't went down to Brendan. I thought we were the Cologne t-shirt. The, the jumper serving two purposes tonight anyway. It's quite warm in here, but I thought I'll wear the jumper because it <laughs> might There's a Cologne t-shirt. Look at that there. Small it batch. Might, Small might, batch. Might hate the old farmer's tan on the back. I know. It's been, it's been I, a bit I'm a tangerine dream today. I'm an absolute tangerine dream, but uh, th there you go. Uh, but uh, listen, we've got a packed show tonight. Uh, the, the comments are coming thick and fast. We'll get to the rest of you later on. Uh, Peter Stewart uh, as well. Brandon's saying hello. Uh, and Dom McKeown is saying hello as well. Always comment, like, and share. If you haven't already gone to Facebook and subscribe, go to Facebook and hit subscribe. If you've already and done it, you don't. Uh, yep. Yeah, and, and YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, if you don't, if you've already done it, you don't need to do it again. So, because a lot of people are, are are unsubscribing, then resubscribing during the week, and I'm getting the notification thing. What are you doing? Once you hit subscribe, it will say you're subscribed. You don't need to do it again. Uh, so, so that that is it. So, uh, mm -hmm. we've got a packed show tonight. Uh, Car is joining us. Yep. Uh, oh, straight up with Car. Yeah. Uh, and he's got some interesting stuff to tell us this week. I yeah. just hope he manages to log back in again because his computer did the fantastic restart whenever he, he was just about to log in, and he has disappeared from my uh, uh, vi vision here because I can normally see off screen who's where and who's doing uh -oh. what, and uh -oh. I, I cannot see him, so I've, I've emailed him to tell him to log back in again. Uh, <laughs> Donna McKeown is saying hello uh, as well. Uh, evening, lads. It's warm. It sure is. And also, uh, Peter McCabe is saying it's sponsored sponsored by Fanta <laughs> uh, tonight. Hold on, I'll have to do it. Zinkheil, Zinkheil, <laughs> Zinkheil. Now, if you're German and watching this in Germany, don't report me because we'll actually get uh, 
blanked by uh, Facebook will get Zuckerberg. But we are allowed to say that because Fanta was invented by the Nazis because they couldn't get the syrup for Coke. So if you Zuckerbergers, we'll be very, very cross. So Carla Whiskey Companion has dropped, has joined back in again. Uh, and I actually had to call the show uh, tonight a very unusual name. And we might get Zuckerberg for this one too, Marty. Right? Because I called the show. Are you ready for it? Go ahead. Pally, what a cock. Hot. Give me a reason why, Justin. Well, it was the hottest day ever uh, in Northern Ireland, and the place is Ballywatacock, which is down not too far from Ecklenville Distillery. It's the other side of Newton Ards. Uh, it is a real place, but then again, so was the black... That, <laughs> but, but that got Zuckerberg too. Hi. Hi, Mark Zuckerberg, Jay. Yes. Somebody needs to send him into space with battle rings. All right, there you go. That was in bad taste to do apologize, but yes, you know where I'm coming from. Uh, shall I hit the button? Hit it. Oh, brilliant. I, brilliant. Do I do love it. I do love it. Oh, I do love it too. What's first tonight then, Marty? Well, what's for, I'm just moving that light out of there because I don't like it. Shot. First up, this, I am genuinely excited by this, Justin. I mean genuinely excited by this. Our friend, Fanoan O'Connor, we all know, we've all seen about his PhD that yeah. he's doing and the, uh, the vintage mash bill stuff. I was talking to him earlier on today and... Uh, He's busy doing stuff. He's getting he's getting sorted out for his tasting for his panel for his PhD. Right. So he's okay. all uh, oh, he's a very busy guy. So, um, Bowen Distillery have brought out a pack of the ten pot still New Mex spirits. So they're not whiskies; they haven't been aged yet. These are the but these are the mash bills that Fanon has researched. So these. These are the start of of a resurrection, a proper resurrection of pot still Irish whiskey. So this is like better than the lost distilleries of Scotland. It, it's better than the lost distilleries in that he's he's recreated probably better the 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 mash bills of what's going in this. Now the fact that they're made in in obviously different stills than they would have been uh, before. Um, they they're, they're never going to be exactly the same, but you okay. are you are talking about tasting a new representation of the history, and it'll give us uh, people like us a chance to taste what old pot stills were like, because um, these days they are sanitized. They, I'm not being critical of them, but they are sanitized compared to what they used to be, and this is this is something. Exciting! No, well, just definitely, you... well, they definitely are. We compared them, and there's nothing, yeah. nothing, nothing. Yeah. You know. Now, I'll I'll just give you a quick rundown on them. Uh, all of the there's ten single pot style miniatures. They are sixty three percent ABV, so they need a touch of water at that. Uh, each every bottle has a full explanation of the history of what's in the bottle, so you're you're pretty much getting a history lesson at the same time. And there's limited to 500 packs, so get on to get these because they will once they're gone, they're gone. Uh, they're 115 pounds each, which seems expensive. Wow, I think that's reasonable. Just, you think about it, Justin, it's 11 pounds a drink, and you're you know, you're getting 11 pounds plus. It's also part of Belfast Whiskey Week, so there's now an online tasting that's going to take place on Friday the 30th of July. So go on, get them, get. Get it bought up because it's 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 something unique, really, and a, a really really exciting part of of Irish history, Irish whiskey history. And w we need to hear from the man himself, don't we? We do the main man. I mean, what's to say? It's it's really quite emotional. <laughs> I mean, whiskey's fascinating. Full stop. Mash bills. And especially Irish whiskey mash bills. You know, mash bill 
culture is so fascinating where it does exist. You look at bourbon, you look at rye, you look at the conversations different grains have with each other. The fact that you're ripping flavors out of different plants and having them talk together is already peculiar and strange and wonderful. But when you look at Irish whiskey mash bills, the fact that they're all gone, that, you know, Irish whiskey held on by a thread. And a lot of people know this as industrial history. They know that all the distilleries collapsed. But it always comes as a shock when you tell people that all these distilleries were making very different things through very different periods of time, that these are fundamentally different drinks and they smell different and they taste different. And these smells and these tastes come down, among many other factors, to this essential difference of what grains are you fermenting and then boiling off into the whiskey itself. And every aspect of Irish social history, Irish political history, Irish agricultural history has warped the taste of a different era. I mean, it's the history of Irish bread gone wrong. It's the history of Irish agriculture through, through a glass darkly. And it's so fascinating to be able to touch that. You know, I've spent two years going through archives, looking for lost recipes, looking for lost trends, looking for lost house practices, changing house practices, everything. But when you see it as liquid, when, more importantly, when you smell it as liquid, it is so much more visceral, you know? And I think looking at new distilleries like Boan coming in at this point of revival when Ireland lost so much, history means something very different to Irish whiskey than it does for other forms of whiskey, such as Scotch, that have an unbroken connection with the past. When you look at how much Ireland lost, when we're talking about Irish whiskey mash bills, when we read pages where you have leading Irish distillers quibbling over the percentage of oats, and you wonder what, what logic were they even going off of? What, what does any of this mean? It's like walking into a big empty house and seeing a lot of old furniture that you know, isn't made anymore and wondering you know, why did people like this stuff? It's so chilling and so fascinating and you look at grains like wheat or like rye that exist in the American tradition. They exist through, a, kind of again, a, a funhouse mirror in combinations with maize, with things that we didn't do. And you wonder, well, what do they do with malt? What do they do with raw barley? And then you look at something like oats. Oats was Ireland's second grain after raw barley. And it used to come in huge percentages. And it's vanished in the 1970s. It fell off the map. So when we see old bottles, you know, a lot of whiskey societies in Ireland like to pour old stuff. And when you try stuff from the 50s, most of it, certainly the majority of it, has oats in it. But we don't know. A lot of people tasting it don't know. And we certainly don't know the breakdowns. And it was fascinating for me to find not only those breakdowns, but the stuff we can't taste, the stuff from genuinely very long ago. And you're looking at, you know, okay, if whiskey from the 50s tasted different, what does whiskey from the Napoleonic era taste like? What does whiskey before the Act of Union taste like? What is this drink? And we tend to think of whiskey, we tend to sell whiskey as the root of its history. You know, this is an ancient Irish tradition. And actually, what we're drinking most of the time is the end point of that history. It's the final and most recent incarnation of whiskey. It's not the history of whiskey's evolution. Whiskey has been many very different things to very different people in very different agricultural realities, political realities, public taste, distilling practices, everything in between. It's so fascinating to find that history, to see how things like the repeal of the corn laws or the introduction of the potato led to the reduction of one grain or another, how fermentation times changed, how the industry evolved to have tastes in the first place, how those tastes changed, how they disappeared, and then eventually how the industry fell apart at the base and so much was lost, to the point where we have this empty house to walk into and we're wondering, what does any of this actually mean? Why would you stand up in front of a court judge and say, their whiskey doesn't have enough oats? And to be here now at this stage with the help of Boan and the help of their resources and the help of their staff, to be able to turn that theoretical research into liquid, to be able to smell what Waterside Distillery or any of these lost distilleries of Ireland actually produced, what they smelt like, what they tasted like. Now we're doing it with different stills in modern facilities. We're talking to ghosts, really. You know, we're, we're making different whiskey the same way and hoping 
with no surviving evidence that we're, we're looking back at them because there's no them to look back at us now. And I think a lot of people don't realize that about Irish whiskey history and about Irish whiskey as an industry, that it is both the oldest whiskey on the planet and yet has such a tenuous, such a tragic relationship with its own past and that it is now in a kind of a babes in the wood type scenario, except you're, you're more like babes in the sequoias where you have very old trees and very new distillers looking up at them and wondering, you know, what, what do we do here? And as historical as these mashes are, in the terms of its revival, what we're doing here is, is the beginning of the story, you know, rather than the end. Well, what about that? That guy is so eloquent; it is unbelievable. Yep, I love, I love the babes and the sequoias. <laughs> just, isn't that just a fabulous analogy? But I mean, seriously, this is is something that I, I really gets me excited because there is whiskey is different than other spirits, with the possible exception of rum. And it's because of this history and the sense of place and the and all of this kind of stuff. And it is just having that connection and having that brought back. I mean, I have this poster on my wall behind me, mainly because it's, it's, it says Balamina on it, and that's where I'm from. There's only yeah. ever one distillery in Balamina, and that was run by by a man called Clotworthy Wildenshaw, which I think is one of the best names I've ever heard. And wow, that's like a real Western name, Marty, isn't it? Yeah, well, uh, and the thing is, he, I, I've done a little bit of research, and he was buying like 40% of all the oats that were produced in Balamina. So obviously his whiskey was massively reliant on oats, and these days we just don't get it. Um, you know, I mean, I left it down a parish, uh, Jones Lane parish, which is a great whiskey, but, uh, you know, in terms of traditional pot still, this wouldn't really have been recognised as a pot still whiskey years ago. And to get a chance to taste these and to taste them before they get cast finished, uh, because, I mean, the cast finishing that they would have done years ago would be totally different. Most, what we would call, what we would call sort of new make spirit these days is what they would have called whiskey. So this is probably more accurate as they what people drank yeah. 100, 200 years ago than what we get today. Beautiful stuff. Uh, beautiful, beautiful stuff. We're 20 minutes into the show uh, already. You probably know what the next thing is because it popped up there. Uh, ferret time. What, what, what is a ferret? What has ferret got to do with no. whiskey? Have you ever smelled a ferret? I used to go to ferret shows in England. That's a question and a half to ask viewers. Have you ever smelled a ferret? Folks, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what I have to listen to. Off, mm. off screen, but we're not recording. I get this all the time. Well, Have listen, you ever smelled a ferret? Ferret shows are an actual thing in England. People, you go to them, and they're always in old church halls. Uh, and you go in, and and it's like it's like Jesus Christ, why have they come here? And then you realise you've been invited, and you've got to go, and you've got to film it, and you've got to talk to them. And no, then the no, one you go because there's free sandwiches. That's yeah, there you there is. That you got to stroke the ferret. Uh, they're, they're viciously evil creatures. It's not a euphemism. It's not a euphemism. It isn't. It isn't. Uh, tell tell no, me about tell me right. about this ferret website. This is the ferret.scot is the name of the website. Uh, and it's an investigative website, so it's basically an online news resource. And it published a, a report, a piece this week called uh, Drinks Giants, Fashion Tycoons and the World's Richest Man Who Owns Scotland's Whiskey? And basically it goes through and it tells you who all owns the various distilleries in, in Scotland. And in some ways, it's quite surprising. A quarter of them are owned by English companies. Uh, right. Obviously, the big one there would be Diageo. Uh, it, goes, it goes through that. But there's 14% um, of the distilleries are owned by French companies. Over 6% are Filipino. And I thought that this would have been more, but there's about 5% are owned by Japan. So, for example, Art Blake and Glenmorangie are owned by LVMH which is Moe Hennessy Louis Vuitton, whose chairman is 
Bernard Arnault, who is the world's richest man. Well, he's overtaken uh, Elon Musk and uh, Jeff Bezos, isn't he? He's way past them, actually. Well, he's, he's worth $134.8 billion, which is, and he hasn't even tried to go into space yet. So, um, right. yeah. Um, Inverhouse Distillers owns five distilleries, Speyburn, Old Putley, Nokjew, Balmenich and Balblair. Um, that's a subsidiary of Thaibev, which is a Thailand Thai brewing company. Right. Owned by, owned by Thailand's richest man as well. Um, and it just goes through all of this sort of in, in quite good detail. Um, I mean, Diageo, that tells you about Diageo own 28 distilleries in Scotland. So I'll not go through them all, but Talisker, Lagavulin, Kalila, Blair Raffle, Mortlach, and on and on and on. And it's, it's just interesting to realise that all this foreign investment is is pouring in. And it's a, it's a worthwhile read. It's worth going through, you know. Uh, it's, it is a ver- it's a very good read. As a matter of fact, it's such a good read. I think I might actually share it with everybody else. Is the easiest yes. way to, to 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 read it. There they go. I've sent the link through, and you can uh, hide it your uh, find it yourself, uh, and uh, you can read the ferret and engage with the ferret. Yeah. Well, there's another thing. It, it's part. It tells you at the bottom. It's part of a wider series of who runs Scotland, and so there's an, an adjoining article with that. Uh, who buys Scotland's whiskey, which is done with the. the Scotch Whiskey Association, but it is it's worth going through and reading because it's it's surprising that that the international flavour of of Scotland is seen as being this indigenous product, but lots of it's actually owned by outside companies. You know? Well, I think that's because people are buying into the Scottish dream, the Scottish myth, the Scottish legend, the Loch Ness monster. You know, freedom. Uh, yes, freedom. William Wallace. All. They're buying into all of that, and we need to sell the leprechauns like they're going out of fashion to catch up with them again. <laughs> well, no? uh, we, we, we need Mel Gibson to come over here and make a, a, a quasi-documentary about an old Irish legend. <laughs> Braveheart's one of the worst films can, ever made. It's it awful. is. It's, it's, a ter- it's, a, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> uh, who could we make one about? Uh, we could make one. He could do Cromwell, Cromwell in Ireland. That would be a good one. Cromwell in Ireland. Don't think so. I think Brian Barry would probably be the one that they would do. Nobody knows that story, and it's not that good, really, is it? Well, then, then it'll be Cahillan. Would it? Uh, oh, the Hound of Ulster. Children of Le- Children of Lear. No, that's that's terrible. Um, oh. What about Ben and Donna, Finn McCool? That would be a oh, good I, one. Oh, why? That would be all right. Uh, then, I, then, then what you could have is a sidekick of Finn McCool. You could have Conor McGregor bouncing about the guest thing. Oh, fuck, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, Peter Stewart saying the Mexicans own British mills. Yes, they do. They do. Yeah, yeah they and do. That's absolutely. And there's more and more international people buying in. So Brian Foreman are opening, and, and I mean Diageo. Uh, Rowan Co, etc., etc. So, yeah, it's just that it's that international um, investment is always a good thing. But uh, being owned, I mean, Diageo owning twenty-eight distilleries does seem a bit bit of an overkill, really. But yeah, there you go. Does I'm like how do we manage to do this? Mm-hmm. How do we manage to link right uh, the whiskey companion into the show this week? Because there's some. Amazing stuff that's been happening last week. Imagine them moving it to Mexico. Moving what? The distillery to Mexico. Well, I laughed this week. Um, I laughed this week because there was a story the BBC put up. Scotland exports entire distillery to China. And basically, if you read through the story, it's four sites um, have built stills for a Chinese distillery. That's that. Yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what they do. Yeah, I, I thought the what I read, I thought of the buying up one of the disused no. ones. Have they bought the whole thing? Are they moving it there? But it's just a new distillery. I mean, <laughs> if I had three million, I'd I'd build one here, wouldn't you? Do you do three million? Catch yourself. I don't. I don't, I don't have three million. <laughs> they like, might have three million. About your sports car and all. They might have three million, but I don't have three million. <laughs> don't be saying that. The taxman will be looking at me. I do not have that. I do not have three million. I don't even three p to rub together. Look at that! You're all, you're all, you're on the lovely stuff tonight. I, mm. I'm on limeys. I, I'm on uh, David McBride's juice. 
the yeah. languages tonight. Uh, so there you go. Um, so um, now, we'll bring on our Carl for our monthly auction roundup. You will, because he's here. So, can we, so we can bring him on. Here he is. Three, two, one. You're in the room. Hello. How's it going, lads? How are you, Carl? You well, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Jeez, you're learning, didn't... learning all manner of new stuff. Fanta yes. was invented by the Nazis. Who knew? <laughs> have you ever have you ever smelt a ferret? <laughs> I've never smelt a ferret, and I, I don't think I want to smell a ferret either. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Nosing a ferret. Get, get one shoved in a pint glass. <laughs> it come up with this. Oh, uh, boy. I'll stick, to, I'll stick to smelling whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to understand uh, that in England, there's people that are passionate about ferrets to the level that Marty's passionate about whiskey. <laughs> I don't think there are people that you want to meet. Like, uh, <laughs> is the sun not shining uh, in the south? You, you look as white as a ghost, even compared to us. Is the sun not shining in the south? No, it does. But it was, I was, uh, I was working on some stuff in the sitting room, and uh, I pr I'm probably one of the only people in Ireland to have an air conditioning unit. <laughs> And uh, I right. stayed in that. I, sta I stayed in that air-conditioned room all day. Right. I'm, I'm lucky. I'm down by the sea, so there was a nice, nice, lovely breeze come over all day. But the only problem with that is when it's this nice breeze, you don't realise how much sun there is coming oh, down. I know. So I have a pure farmer's tan. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, you like this? We mentioned Darby O'Gill and the Little People last week, and Stacey McAllister says, "Why doesn't? Why don't we do Darby O'Gill and the Little People remake with uh, Mel <laughs> Gibson?" Yeah, Mel Gibson is Darby O'Gill. Um, who would we? Who would we get to play the Little People? I, th I think we should get Conor McGregor and Paddy O'Hullahan. <laughs> you know, Conor, Conor McGregor he's tried his hand at boxing so we can get him in. I mean let's be honest he's not going to be fighting for a while uh, no, I tell you so there's Peter Stewart says they may be descendants of Holy Hill, but they're actually called Beckman now there you go Beckham I have a bottle of that David Beckham Hague stuff floating about I, I think it's Beckman not David Beckham but there no, you go it's good to know this thanks for getting yeah, involved in the show remember to comment like and share uh, you know you can buy us a coffee and Irish whiskey you can follow us on Anchor and wherever you get your podcast from you can ask Alexa to play it you can ask Google hey Google to play it as well and hey, you can Google. also uh, well basically uh, follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn as well. We're on all the major platforms, as is Carl at the the Whiskey Companion. Uh, what mm -hmm. have you got for this this week, Carl? Yeah, um, absolutely. So you know, just the auction roundup. So um, looking at looking at the different auctions. Uh, just before we jump into the to the first one, just thought I'd give you some top level top level stats. And um, so since since our last um, our last catch up, there has been thirty five thousand. Bottles sold at auctions, and um, that I'm tracking, and um, the average price is 281, and a total sum of over one million um, euro spent, um, and of that, 2800 was Irish whiskey, which averaged at 260, and a total sum of 700, or, or uh, sorry, 10 million was the, the total sum on the other one, and 726,000 on the Irish side of things. So oh, that 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 is impressive. That yes. is impressive. <laughs> Just to put it into into some perspective of, of how how much is moving at the moment. Are, um, are you co constantly seeing growth in this sector? Then are you? Yeah. So so up until the last kind of two or three months, there was no stopping. Um, everything was just going up and up and up. And uh, the the pilgrimage is actually a, a great example of this. So you can see there there was a spike. Um, just in just in the middle of, of where we are. So that was three months ago. Um, and now it's just kind of gone gone back down and it's plateaued and you know the plateau has been welcome I suppose because you don't want you don't want to go down too much but like even even last month um, a couple of auctions it went down as low as 600 euro uh, but it's kind of recovered now and it's about seven 750 um, for, for this particular one which is the, the pilgrimage the first one from Waterford yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, uh, you know uh we haven't really got to the, the the launch of the big one yet, have we? Really, the the, the latest one, the cuvee, um, yeah, the new cuvee with the with the yeah. design on it, yeah. No, I think that's a couple of weeks away yet. Um, not, I don't think it's too far away, but uh, I I'm really looking forward to that as well because I think a lot of um, 
Waterford's critics mm-hmm. will, will, will possibly have to be made to eat their words because I think it'll be an exceptionally good whiskey. Mm. I just have to just know it well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. I have a feeling about that myself, and, and I know a lot less than whiskey about whiskey than you do. But I just know the whole package the guys put together, the people yeah. are involved in it, the people we have spoken to over the past year, uh, especially Grace and uh, Houston, there, the artist that did the bottle. Just it's just it, it makes the hair in the back of my neck tingle just hearing mm-hmm. about it. Uh, There's no making the hair on the top of your head, tangle anyway. This night was I had Fionn's hair. He has great hair, doesn't he? I, I was noticing his hair was well coiffed in that video. Uh, a, a lot better, a lot better than the last one. Uh, but uh, listen, that that, that that's the, that's the Waterford. Uh, you maybe missed it there, Marty, because you were reaching in there. Yeah. The the, the tailing, the tailing. What, what's what's the story with this? Because. Tealing is extremely well respected, but the average price has dropped 34.55%. That's a third down. All the way down, yeah. So it's it's a strange one. Like a couple of, a couple of months ago, um, we looked at this and there was a huge spike. It, it came up on auction and it went for 345 euro, I think it was, altogether. And it's it, it always seems to be the way where something comes up it makes it makes big money and then loads of them just come out of the woodwork because people yeah. want to cash in on them like you can't you can't blame them but no. you know i think i think people you know want to come up and cash in on that and they, mm. they basically cut their own throats you know exactly so and they, i do, they, I, I honestly think tailings very underpriced um because as a collectible in a few years time people will be really looking these um, I think so. That's a set, yeah. This one here is the Renaissance Series One, so it's the it's the newer version of the re, uh, the revival set. So it is mm-hmm. it's a defined collection. Um, there yeah. there'd only be a finite amount of bottles that are made. Uh, I think there's seven thousand in each batch, and um, you know this one went for 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 a decent a decent enough average. Um, yeah. but the likes of the Series Two, which is sold out in Ireland. As far as I'm aware, um, it went for under uh, retail, you know. Um, so yeah. it's it's a good opportunity to pick up an 18 year old lovely whiskey and, and drink it. A, a beautiful presentation. We've talked about it before. I mean, the presentation yeah. saying to none. So if you're looking, to, if you're if anybody's looking to collect whiskey just as something to collect, I recommend getting the Tealing Revival. It'll never. It's not going to be worth ten thousand pound a bottle or something like yeah. that. But in terms of something that's affordable to collect. Beautifully presented and will go up in value over the long term. There's no doubt about that, and um, that's that's a good one to get. You know, totally agree. Yeah. Well, listen, if you're watching at home and you've bought any of these things and you maybe feel that you've lost out, tell us what you think. Tell us if you think it's going to bounce back up again. I mean, we've talked about the terrain, uh, we've talked about the Waterford. Uh, we also have to focus on the Middleton very rare tonight, and they seem to be just rocketing all the way. But this had us a this has had a falter, hasn't it? Yeah. So so this one um, it is it, it, a not not an anomaly, but it's it's a strange one to see, like f- relatively speaking, that this this is is not too too long ago. Um, you know, it wouldn't be unheard of people getting this bottle. The thing is, this was this was back in two thousand and nine. So, so Middleton very rare bring out a, a bottle every year, and this one was brought out in two thousand and nine. And you know, with the economic crisis that was that was in progress then, Middleton didn't bring out too many because there wasn't too many people that would have the. the I think it was one hundred and twenty euro back then was the retail price. You know, people wouldn't be spending that on a whiskey. Yeah, but there's been so many people. Uh, well, from from what I can see, it it seems like there's so many people that are still trying to fill out their collections and finish it out and t- 2009 is is a sticking point so you know it's 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 done good money um over the last year two years three years and it's kind of hovered around the 1500 to 2500 mark um with yeah. its spikes and recently it, it it went for for uh six grand and you know came up it was the first one that came up in in a couple of months and uh you know we were like okay that's like that, that has to be an anomaly, you know. It'll go back to down to two thousand, 
Yeah, it did. It did. It did sl- uh, slightly go down. So it went down to about thirty five hundred. Um, but since since that that spike to six thousand, there's been seven uh, brought up the auction, and that's only that's only three, uh, three months ago. So even with the supply coming on online, it just goes to show you that there's at least fourteen other people that were looking to to buy the two thousand and nine. Yeah, and the, uh, this time around, it's it's still it did great money. It was like four and a half grand, and uh, like it's 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 just unbelievable for for, yeah. for that type of uh, whiskey. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's obviously one that people are are very interested in getting, and there's not that many of them about. No, there, there's there's definitely not, and you know, and another um, part of that is, is is that the particular one that sold on Irish whiskey auctions just just gone. Um, that was actually a 750 mil bottle. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of talk around people who collect saying, you know, they don't want a 750 bottle, but <laughs> like they want the 700 bottle. <laughs> it's the only time that people would want uh, less whiskey. So it's always funny. The 700 oh, bottles are always worth more than the 750, you know? Always an anomalies. Now, I was looking there, that, that's almost down a third. That's down a third ish. Uh, that's down a third ish. Is there any correlation that they're all down a third ish? So it's 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 kind of the time of the year. Um, you know, during the summer you usually see a bit of a, a slump. Um just just across the board. I th- I think people go go on holidays and stuff like that. Last year it didn't really happen. Um because we were we were everybody was getting furlough money. Everybody was throwing <laughs> money about them. <laughs> Uh, actually, but, uh, yeah. jo- John Donovan's been asked. Notice the red breast behind you. Uh, I think it's it's on it's on your bucket there. He says, okay. uh, "Yeah, much of a jump in that." So that one there is the ten-year-old. Um, the cast rent from the the um, birdhouse. So that actually that that dropped um, in in the latest Irish whiskey auctions. Um, and it, it, in fairness, there was there was. I think it was thirteen bottles that were in it, yeah. and uh, the average was still, you know, hundred and hundred and eight, um, so it was down thirty odd percent. But uh, you know, it's it. I, I I think it'll go back up. It, although it didn't sell out very quick, I think a lot of people still missed out on it because there were people buying multiple. Um, yeah. I think yeah, I, th- I think I think it's one of those ones that. Over uh, over a period of time, it'll, you'll you'll double your money on it easy enough, you know. But yeah. it probably take away take a little while. But you know, you can you can you can see why people be wanting to have it as a even just as a collectible, you know. Absolutely, yeah. So like, I, I bought one to, to drink, and I bought one to, uh, to save. And, yeah, uh, this this is the problem. Peter Stewart says I bought Irish whiskies over the last seventy eight years as an investment. As I've got closer to retirement, I've decided to enjoy <laughs> them myself. Peter. Please, please drink with caution. Drink with caution. Yes. <laughs> drink with caution. Because some of them aren't as good as you might think. And uh, mm. you, you'd rather have the money to spend on something a lot cheaper and much more parable in some cases. Isn't that right, Marty? No. <laughs> if you want to drink it, drink it. If you don't want to drink it, don't. <laughs> but you said, uh, you, you, you've told me, told me, them aren't really the money when you've tried Oh, some of the, I've tried a couple of them, and I tried a couple of Bush Mills, old Bush Mills, that I didn't think were as good as today's. They just weren't. Right. And then I tried. I mean, we we done the uh, the, the Johnny Walker one. The now one. Ones. Oh yeah, yeah. The now, and I mean, the difference in quality is unbelievable. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And whether that there's a whole lot of factors happening there, but um, some of the old ones. They were never designed to be collectible whiskies. They were just they just by sort of accident and, and fate that they ended up being collectibles. I just whenever we're talking about Peter Stewart there, he mentioned earlier on that he had bought a pot chain. I I assume it's that pot chain. Yes, I would say so. The cologne pot chain, yeah. Enjoy because it's great stuff. Yeah, great stuff. It, it's it, it is it is good stuff. Uh, yeah. Now we better move on. We've a lot to pack in this week because we're whiskey companion, and then we've got to talk about golf of all things. Uh, how do we fit golf into whiskey? I do not know. We mean, next Leave thing, that back to me. We'll you, do, a- you do the silly tunes and the references to Nazis and Fanta, 
and I'll do the I'll do the Westfield. I stuff. want a Rolex. Well, we're sponsored by Rolex next. I, I want a Rolex. I don't I don't I don't actually like Rolexes, so uh, I would take one if it's they're sponsoring the show. I'd prefer uh, <laughs> prefer uh, one of those uh, ceramic ones. But anyway, that's another story. Listen, Carl, tell us about this one because this is a very unusual graph here. Yeah. Um, yes. So this this one here is the clones. So they've they've been on people's radar um, in recent times, and you know a lot of people love them and love love to drink yeah. them, and, and I'm I'm part of that. Uh, I love I love to drink them, and it it's 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 a cautionary tale, really. This 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 picture. So the the one with the very very long green on the bottom, um, is is the one that I wanted to focus on here. The Pinot Pinot Noir, is it? Yeah, which is the Pinot Noir. Yeah. yeah. So, in 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 the last roundup, we we spoke about this, and uh, it there was one that came up on Irish whiskey auctions, and it went for hundred and eighty euro. Um, so it was a, it was a hundred percent markup on mm-hmm. on retail part uh, on the retail price. So. You know, a, a couple of days later, I was actually I was chatting to one of my friends, and uh, he was giving out that, you know, the the one whiskey that he wanted from Cologne because he wants to drink it because it was really, re- it's probably the nicest one uh, I think that they brought out. Um, he was like, you know, that that that's the one that would go, you know, for mad money, and uh, I said, it's always the way. Um, you'll see in the next auction there'll be four or five of them, and they'll be around the hundred mark. Yeah. And like clockwork, <laughs> four came up, and they were around the hundred mark. So they they averaged at a hundred and hundred and ten euro, um, per bottle. So there was there was one under a hundred, one over just over, and then two that were just over one hundred and twenty. <laughs> so, you know, it, it is the ebbs and flow of, of auction. Um, it's it's it, it's important to know and to to recognize that yeah. there is this. You know, if something goes for for this big price, it's probably not going to go that price on the next auction. <laughs> exactly. Um, pace yourselves, people. If you want to make any money, pace yourself. That's exactly a, a cautionary tale. Supply Very. and demand. If anybody's, if, if you know people are looking at these things, don't be in any massive rush to to sell them because you will get a disappointment. But if anything that I'm looking for. Sell away. We'll just give you a uh, first first refusal. I, even even better, even better. If I got first refusal. Mm. <laughs> but, but no. Uh, so what else have we? We have yes, another unusual graph with three green ones up the way and loads of blue below the line. What's all this about? Card from the Whiskey yeah. Companion. Yeah, so this one is um, the Bushmills Causeway Collection. So um, I, I didn't actually explain the, the, the graph there a minute ago. But the blue represents um, the previous three months average and how far, uh, what, what percentage of difference it is on the average price. And the green represents the previous Irish whiskey auctions if it was if it was in the previous uh, auction. Uh-huh. So um, this one here is, it's kind of a, a, a take, or a, it's, it's, it's showing you that even though um, a lot of these bush mills are below what the three-month average was, they were actually up on the last auction. So it, it could be a, a signal of them bottoming out and, you know, starting to look on, on, on the right side again. Um, so explain to me the, the Marissa class and the Malaga cast, because there seemed to be a discrepancy then. And them, uh, the, the, the Marissa's up, uh, and the other one is down slightly. Yep. So, so the 1992 Malaga cask, is it? That's yeah, the, Malaga yeah. cask. Um, very small right in my screen. It's probably yes. bigger than yours. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. The, the, the second one in from the left. Um, so that one is saying that it was, it was, you know, two or three percent down on the last three month average, but it was uh, up at 11 percent on the last auction um so although it was still down on on the average it, it, it's going back up because it, it's after recovering the loss uh, what that i had on the last auction um and then the muscatel one i think you were saying the, the 2008 one um yeah it's yeah third, third from the right is it third from the right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so that one is just it's just kind of saying you know there was a one or two percent difference from the um 
from the average and and um, from the last auction. But there's so, a ten, ten to fifteen percent difference in some of them. There is, yeah, yeah. So the the Foiletta cask, the two thousand and one, yeah, um, like that was down <laughs> a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you'd be fairly or, meth or, if you bought uh, it if you bought it three months ago. But how do you yeah. ex- how do you explain that? Because you know uh, that one's a know. tough one. Um, so so that one, I don't know if people people know about it, but it it was basically it was brought out for a cask or a, a a whiskey club in the UK, and there was yeah. I think it was a hundred and twenty odd bottles. Right, it, it they're highly, highly rationed then, highly rationed, highly rationed. Yeah, and they they came out and it was two hundred pounds a bottle, and you know there were there's so many people trying to collect the the Causeway collection that that was always going to be a sticky point. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, you know it. it it went from a, a, a fourteen hundred average in May yeah. to twelve or, or a, a thousand in June, and now it's it's come down even more and it's gone to, to eight hundred euro um, in in the last auction. So uh, you you would be fairly miffed. <laughs> you would, yeah, especially if you buy it at that very top price of you know yeah. nearly fifteen hundred. Yeah, it's nearly fifty percent decrease. Per, you know, half the half the value for you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's mad. Now, ultimately, I think it'll it'll recover. Um, it I is probably going right. to be it's it's going to be like a t- 2009, I'd say, where it's it's going to be the top dollar. But uh, yeah, yeah, I put like that's the Causeway collection. The way it, the way it was brought out again. There's there's always these things the way they brought out that annoys people. Oh, no matter what way it's going to be brought out, it's going to annoy every somebody. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But the, the Causeway as a collection uh, will be, I would imagine. At some point in the not too distant future, if some of the rumors, especially that we're hearing, uh, are true, then then I think that'll just go like that, just fire up. Really I think so. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, this one is is just to show it's not all doom and gloom. Um, so all right, good, good, good. We we thought that we thought them a bottom and had fallen out of the market. You know, the gold rush is certainly living up to its reputation here. The gold rush it, is through the roof. It is. It's living up to its name. So so this is a uh, JJ Corey. And uh, I have to say, it's been it's been a difficult few months for the for the JJ Curry collection. Um, it seemed like every every auction spotlight that I do, the article that I write, about all the auctions, um, it it, it seemed like the JJ Curry was just falling falling off a cliff. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it it looks like it's turned a corner, and and people are getting behind it again, and and maybe maybe some new new players are are starting to uh, try and collect them. Um. So you, you can see there from the from the graph, it's it's up in all cases. It's up on the last auction and it's up on the three month average. So, so that's a a very good sign. Now, do we do we do we want to say uh, caution on this? <laughs> I'd say so. Yes, um, this yeah. isn't the time to go out and sell all your all your uh, JJ Curry. We we, we <laughs> don't really talk we don't really talk about it a lot, but uh, Marty has quite a bit of it, don't you? I don't have a huge amount of it, Justin. To be honest, just a chosen, um, is it? Uh, that's um, <laughs> I have a, I have a chosen. I got a free bottle of Coke with it, so I bought that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, so I'll have I'll, I'll I'll have a wee celebration of JJ Corey here now. I'll have a wee quick But no, uh, it's it's funny because the likes of JJ Corey being a you know a Bonder and a bottle, you know, blender themselves. Cologne aren't released, haven't released their own spirit yet, or haven't released their own mm-hmm. whiskey. And I would imagine when it does, it'll, uh, you know, it'll be massively sought after, massively. And I think that's probably suffering a little bit. That's that's why the the, the, the experimental series jitters about because it's not their own spirit, but people love what they do. They genuinely love everything they do. But it's really interesting to see JJ Corey. Who essentially are doing only that, and it's soaring. Um, the the WD O'Connell, yeah. the Bill Phil stuff and stuff. I mean, it's it's quite well respected and and sought after in some regards too. And that kind of bounces about up and down too, you know. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. I think it's probably the connotation of of a distillery that is sourcing whiskey and a bonder who will only ever source whiskey. Um, yeah. I think that that's probably a sick, sticking point for some people. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I suppose I suppose we'll, we'll we'll move on to the next one. Um, so this one is the Green Spot single casks. So, mm. um, this one, you know, it, it it wasn't it wasn't good. Um, it wasn't a good no uh, <laughs> auction for them. 
Yeah, well, and I know that that might be the case, but the spot range on our YouTube uh, tastings that Murray does get fantastic results. Like our, our our highest performing video on there is the spot ranges. So why why the interest in them? Yeah, um, like it's 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 it, again it's a defined collection in in some aspect it's a defined collection yeah. because it's a single cask. Um, you know you're getting the the rawest uh, version of Green Spot, and, and people people seem to love the, the brand Green Spot and what it stands for. Like I, I love the story itself, where they used yeah. a daub of paint just on 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 a, on a barrel to define the the age. But uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted to highlight this, uh, especially for the for the nineteen ninety one single cask. Um, yeah. this one is the twenty six year old from the Whiskey Exchange. That's so the far right. That's the far that's, right of the graph. Yeah, uh, the, the far left. Yeah. 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 Um, so th this one um, is, is still actually available in retail. Now, there was a, a short period of time where it was taken off just for stock take, I suppose. Um, and it came back online at a, a slightly higher price. Um, so it's it's actually going for £600 sterling on the Whiskey Exchange. Yeah. Um, and this one here was got for a bargain. Um, it was €510 Euro before any, any taxes or charges. So, yeah. you know, you're getting that home delivered to you for for under retail. That's uh, I think that's a <laughs> that's a bit of a win for for the buyer anyway. Yeah, um, it uh, certainly is. Uh, some I don't know. I think some people put things up for auction, um, not realizing that you can still actually buy them retail, thinking that they're going to make money oh, on them. And beggars believe that. Beggars believe that. I'm actually yeah. in for an auction TV show to be an auctioneer at the minute, Marty. <laughs> do you fancy you, you fancy my chances? I think you do great as, a, as an auctioneer. I'd be brilliant, wouldn't I? I would, would, I think would. He'd end up buying half the stuff from sale and bringing it home. I've been on a couple of auction TV shows, actually. They're fantastic. It's three million somehow. So. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Listen, I want you to stay with us tonight because we're going to talk golf now, Marty, aren't we? We are. We are. Now, obviously, this is the open weekend, and uh, good luck to all the guys playing on it. Last week game was the Scottish Open, and this happened. Okay, what do we say? We're going to hit play. Hit play. Whoa, that was impressive, wasn't it? It was yes. impressive. Amazing. It so was. We had Ormsby hit a uh, 204 yard, uh, five iron, hole in one at the 12th hole uh, at the Scottish Open last week. And for doing that, he won 204 bottles of 10 year old Glengoyne. Wow. Which is pretty pretty nice. Nice little lift for not very much. He's actually done this before. He had another hole in one at another course where he won a year's worth of beer. <laughs> so he did. That's not him. Justin. That's not him. Is he no, the other one? Early. Is that him no, there? That's not him either. That's not, not there. He's not there. I don't no, have him. I don't have him. No, you don't, don't have him. Have him. I don't he showed have him. the video of him. I don't have him. Sorry, I thought I had him. No. No. So he's he's done this before. So I thought that was a, a, a nice prize that he got. Damn. And if you see it, Man, we he's, he's even happier about it than we always be is. But uh, there's been a couple of other golfers, which Justin obviously has now preempted and decided to show because <laughs> he doesn't recognise either of the two of them. Uh, it, there's two I, other I, golfers. I only recognise Tiger Woods. All right, right. So this is G Mac. This is from he's from Portrush, Green with the. He talks like he's from Florida. No, he talks as if he's from somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic somewhere. He's the worst. He. he uh, 2010 US Open champion, and he's from Port Lush. Now, he's partnered up with Fluid Assets Incorporated, who are, are a California-based sort of uh, uh, drinks producer. And they're going to bring out an Irish whiskey, right? Um, now, Graham says, uh, I love this, he says, growing up in a small town, you learn that if you want something, you have to work at it. Now, Graham, is Port Rush you're from, my friend? 
<laughs> what you should say is, <laughs> if you want, if you want to live in a small town and get very, very drunk, Port Rush is the one to be in. Because <laughs> <laughs> basically, every weekend for <laughs> the summer, people jump in the bus, in the train, buses, and whatnot. Get down to Port Rush, get drunk. If your kids, you normally have a fight with somebody and, and puke and stuff. That's that's Port Rush, you know. But uh, yeah, home of the the open two years ago. And it was fantastic. There was a hole in one there too. I think was there. I think nah, it was. Some, but I mean, just the fields for these golf tournaments are huge, and you know they're talking about professional golfers playing uh, multiple rounds. So some of them, the chances are, most of the tournaments there's a hole in one. A lot of tournaments. Are there. Now Lee Westwood, the other golfer that you showed up, who obviously you didn't recognise. Uh, another golfer, Lee Westwood. I only recognise Claire Balding. She's the only person <laughs> plays golf in the world that I recognise. <laughs> I thought you recognised Tiger Woods. He's teamed up with Loch Lomond and. This is this is the one for the, the 2019 Open. So this is a slightly different one. But he's teamed up with um, Loch Lomond to bring out a 25-year-old single cask. So, yeah. So these golfers are all jumping on the sporting whiskey bandwagon a la Conor McGregor. But I think they'll probably do it with a bit more class than he ever did, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, so final day of the Open. Westwood's on level par. Uh, Ormsley and, and Madol weren't in it. Uh, but Westwood's a level par, so he's only 12 shots off the lead going into the final day. But he's a Nottingham Forest supporter, so he knows misery from, from day one. <laughs> so he does. And speaking of misery, condolences to anyone in England for their uh, for their uh, football last week. I did a couple of tours this week and took... Well, I didn't take great delight, but I did find it rather amusing that I could tell them that the penalty kick was invented in Armagh by McCrum. William McCrum. They're only been... left for the crumbs, but they're all made of, they were all made millionaires out of that as well, Marty, weren't they really? Who? The runners up prize is pretty big in that too. Justin, Marcus Rashford's on two hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week. I don't <laughs> think he needs a runners up prize. He's all, he's doing all right. Marcus Rashford for not being able to kick a ball from a couple of yards into a big, massive open net. He's doing all right, you know. <laughs> uh, hold on. I doubt the others will make the money that McGregor has made. You're, you're right there. I, he's a very astute businessman. Very astute businessman. <laughs> it's just a pity he can't walk properly without breaking his legs. <laughs> <laughs> The <laughs> you're terrible you're terrible listen we've got two minutes left tonight uh let's see let's see what's sort of run over about today yeah uh, no we haven't run over we haven't run over it's just been a, it's just been this action-packed news week in whiskey world well, uh i brought th this up because I, I thought i thought this was pretty cool right jameson or irish distillers better mm. have released the the jameson distillery staff and employment books from 1862 to 1968. Now, they're on Ancestry, the genealogy website. Now, they're free for the whole month of July. Now, if anybody's interested in any of this kind of thing, you can go on, look at the wages and see what they were getting paid. If you've got any, you know, genealogy, history, family tree stuff relating to the Jameson, get on it now because it's free. You can go on and check it out. Um, and do a bit of research if you're just interested in whiskey history and so on. Marconi married into the Jameson distillery family, didn't he? I don't think he I don't think he worked in the warehouse. Oh well <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. He, he probably he probably didn't. He no, probably I, didn't. I, I I think he married into the, the whiskey family and then came up to Rathlin Island and did this stuff there. And you know Marconi did the the, the the wireless that was on the Titanic as well. Yeah, that went down well. Shut up. I'm trying to send uh, fun messages for rich people, but shut up. <laughs> yes, I've seen that show. I've seen that show. Listen, no, so, uh, but listen, there's lots of people into genealogy, a lot of people into family history, and that's it's a nice thing to do. So it's it's there free for the month of July. Get on it, have a look at it, and uh, see what you think. It's been a great show this week. What are we expecting on the show next week, Marty? I haven't thought of it. I barely thought of anything for this week, so we'll have to think of something for next week. Leave it with me. We'll get something at the start of the week. All right. I I, 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 I thought we'd pull the names out of the hat and we'd send them off for the uh, uh, bonus oh. one. Yes, didn't oh. we? Oh, yeah. listen. Um, the Stoke tasting, the Wise Out Whiskey, Everything's been hectic, obviously, in the north. It's uh, a public holidays and stuff at the start of the week. So 
she has all the names of the people that have passed on that won uh, bottles, and she'll uh, get them fired over to hopefully either yesterday or Monday. So hopefully we'll have them for next week. So we'll do a Wise Oil, Wise Oil Whiskey tasting next week. Excellent stuff. Uh, remember to comment, like, and share. Subscribe to YouTube. Tell your friends on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, become friends with us on LinkedIn. Watch, uh, I did a review. Oh, you did? Watched it. Reviews. We've got back to doing some reviews. We did cologne, pot chains, smoked pot chains. Um, did my, my opinion on those. So check those out on YouTube. Check out Carl and the Whiskey Companion, especially if you're interested in investing and buying and doing stuff in whiskey. Absolutely. Night, folks. Night, folks. Thanks for Thank that, you. Sean. And it has been a great show tonight again. Uh, the greater the show it is, the quicker it goes for us. <laughs> Catch us again. Same time, same place next week. There'll be a podcast out on Wednesday and a podcast out version out of this uh, probably tomorrow evening as well. So good night and thanks, Patrick. It's launcher. All, All the best, guys. Take care.